Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Multifamily Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wilbur, and today we've got a really fun episode lined up. My guest is Peter Richter. He is the Director of Investor Relations and Capital Markets at Interwest Capital, and his background spans big and small operators across the industry, companies like UDR, Davlin, Sunrise, and even Holland Partner Group. He's got a big heart and passion for ESG, which really weaves in with the work he does, but also the background he has in our industry. And it was fun to really dig into ESG, what it means, why it matters, and how you can get started. This was a fun one, and I hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. All right, Peter, glad we were able to make this one happen. Welcome to the show. Yes, honored. Thank you for having me. Hey, I love to start up front with the story of how my guests found multifamily. I know you started as a leasing agent way back when, but Mm -hmm. let's tell the story. How did you find multifamily? Um, Yeah, thanks. Um, Yeah, I I started as a leasing agent uh, really in 2000. It's called 12, end of 12, early 13. Um, I was looking for a job as a recent college graduate during a time where jobs were a little bit more difficult to come by. And um, I took a job as a leasing agent and a quasi-property manager for a company out here in San Diego, which managed primarily uh, college houses. And I kind of got my feet wet and the ins and outs of kind of like boots on the ground, um, property management. And then I got recruited by a company called Holland Residential after a couple of years. Um, pretty big West Coast, fully integrated company, um, multifamily company. Then I worked for another company, Pinnacle International, managing a high-rise in downtown San Diego before I got a job with UDR, um, which is obviously a nationwide REIT, and kind of worked, you know, I started as a property manager, worked my way up until I was managing their entire San Diego portfolio, which was a joint venture with a large institutional partner. So I kind of got my first taste of investor relations. And then from there, I got a job with a local um, real estate syndicator as the director of investor relations and asset management. Um, we own properties all up and down the West Coast, and which brings me to my current role, which is a director of investor relations and capital markets here at Interwest Capital, based out of La Jolla, California. Very cool. And would you mind maybe just sharing like a overview of what Interwest Capital is doing uh, in the industry and and kind of across the spectrum? Sure. NRS Capital was founded in 2003. Um, we are a real estate investment firm uh, focused on multifamily. We do own some hotels. Um, we do, uh, we've got some core assets. We've got uh, uh, our bread and butter has historically been uh, value add. Um, but we also, we've got some great ground up development projects going on right now. And um, we generally, we either partner with institutional investors or retail individual investors. And um, yeah, we put together great products and uh, great properties and execute on our strategy, which again, is historically been value add. And um, yeah, we are nationwide in most major markets on the South. We call it the smile states, but from California down to the Southeast and up to the Carolinas. I like it. And uh when I talk to folks that are kind of in your chair, ESG and, and the whole umbrella of environmental social governance has been very top of mind. I'm curious mm-hmm. in your role, has that been something that's been um, pressing, whether it's in the business front or maybe even more personally? 
Well, definitely personally. I mean, environment specifically, um, environmental conservation is something that's always been very dear to me. Um, so it's always been something, but I've never integrated it in work, in, in my in my work until a couple of years ago when ESG really started dictating the flow of institutional capital and a lot of funds and investment groups you know, they would uh, they would vet a company for their ESG profile before it make an investment. So it was kind of kind of this eye opening moment for me, where I, all of a sudden I got to, you know, kind of take something that a value of mine and integrate it into my workplace. And um, yeah, it's been it's been an amazing journey. I've met some great people along the ESG journey, and I'm, I'm learning more every day. That's cool. Well, let's let's like talk about it. I'd love to start if you're okay with it, Peter. Like, what is ESG. I think it's an ambiguous thing. I talk about it a lot at work personally, and you'd be so surprised how few people know what it is, let alone what the acronym stand for, let alone all of the other things. But like, let's set the table. What is ESG? Well, it's an acronym. Um, it, stands for, it, it kind of sets the tone for your impact regarding the environment, your social impact, and ethical corporate governance. And those are the three pillars of ESG. And depending on what industry you're in, it can take different forms. But um, really, it's how is your business operating and how are your business operations impacting the environment? What is the social impact of your business operations and you, you know, ethical corporate governance? So you've got the environment, people, and kind of, you know, ethics or corporate governance. And, um, you know, if you want, you have to analyze each one somewhat independently. So if you look at the environmental impacts, your carbon footprint, your um, water consumption, for us, that's a big one because we operate in a lot of drought-prone areas. So we've got our water-first policy here, which as soon as we acquire an asset, we go in and try to find ways to reduce water consumption. Um, and then social, social impact, now, that one is a little bit more, um, I don't, it's, very, it's a very dynamic category because it has to do with the impact you're having in the communities in which you operate in the larger community, as well as your diversity and inclusiveness of your business. So um, ensuring that companies are maintaining a diverse employment base um, and being completely inclusive. And, you know, it's been a hot topic recently, I would say in the last couple of years where DEI, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion has really been a hot topic. And, um, and then governance is, you know, how how is how transparent are you being to your stakeholders? And stakeholders, people, you know, a lot of times people assume stakeholders are shareholders, but stakeholders are investors, employees, and customers is how we really look at it. Anyone who has a stake in the business. And um, how transparent is your corporate governance? Are they is there a oversight board? Is there a separate executive committee? Um, are they maintaining corruption-free policies and operations? So, again, just depending on the size and structure of the company and, and what industry they operate, that can take a lot of different forms. So you said a bunch in there. And, like, as you reflect on, like, the recency window, I mean, COVID, the pandemic, I do think recently we've seen a lot more attention to um, better social dynamics, you know, especially yeah. in, like, the work work environment. 
Um, is that a big part of the why or what's the why around ESG? Like do companies care because they've got a big heart they want to give back? Is it easier to access capital? Is it a little bit of all of the above? Like the why to me behind ESG is really fascinating. And I'd love to hear your take on why it matters. So I think it's gaining so much momentum because a lot of people in their heart, they want to have a positive social impact and they always have, right? Since we were little kids or, you know, we didn't, people want to have a good environmental impact as well or reduce their environmental impact. Um, but now all of a sudden it's really, and, and, you know, I think this is a great example of where capitalism has had a positive impact is, is now all of a sudden those have converged capitalism and what, you know, it's in our heart. And now part of my job where historically, you know, you go to the job, how can you make the most money, improve NOI? Now, all of a sudden, in order to operate effectively, having an ESG profile really helps. And I think that really comes down. It's, it's really amazing if you kind of look abstractly, too. It's, it really comes to the individual investors, right, who are saying that, oh, I only want to put my savings into a, uh, a fund that invests in ESG. Okay, well, now that fund, when they're looking for um, outlets to deploy capital, now they have that same mandate. And so it's kind of like a trickle up and then back down effect. And uh, it's really amazing. So the why it's, I mean, A, yes, it is to, it's very, it's becoming more and more important if you want to raise institutional grade capital, but B, I think we all somewhere deep down, you know, really care about the impact we're having. I think you're completely right. Whether it makes it easier to recruit talent, to bring exactly. capital from the right investors. And I think that's one of the fun things about this conversation to me is that it is a really diverse conversation because your why can be unique. The ultimate thing is like making sure that you're investing in it with time, with energy, with fiscal resources. Sure. And I think a lot of good things happen once you make that commitment, especially as a business. Yeah. And then you just mentioned, I mean, recruiting, recruiting talent, you know, that's not something that I, that's not necessarily one of my whys, but that's a, that's a, you know, if you're looking at two companies, both are making the same offer, you know, and one has a, you know, a well formatted ESG profile and the other one couldn't care less. I mean, that's an easy choice for me. So I think, yeah, the recruitment of talent is important. So I, I look at the three letters of environmental, social, ethical, corporate governance, and I think of different like levels of effort in terms of getting started in those mm -hmm. three spectrums. Uh, also probably matters like the type of company you are, because some are going to be easier to jump into versus others. You've surely studied the space, real estate, probably big fortune 500 companies that are loud and proud around mm -hmm. what they're doing with, you know, ESG and corporate responsibility. Do you have any advice for people who want to get started, but don't necessarily know how is there shoring up their 2023 strategic plans right now? Sure. Absolutely. You know, when I came here to InterWest, we didn't really have much of an ESG, a formal ESG profile. And I think the first step you have to do is think about your current impact. What is the environmental impact of your business operations? What is the social impact? And then how is the company being run? And just really think about what you're doing now and lay it out. Then you have to start thinking about ways you can improve. And, you know, reaching out to the community, um, you know, call it, for lack of a better word, the ESG community, there are tons of resources. We just made a, um, for example, we just joined a pledge called the CEO Action Pledge. And it was, it was created by uh, Press Waterhouse Cooper. 
And I think they've got 2,300 corporations that have signed on to it. And it's basically pledging to uh, take action to uh, create a more inclusive work environment. And since joining that pledge, it we have gotten so much, so many resources, so much information on different policies we can implement, um, different paths we can go down. And, you know, searching out the information, I would say, is probably the most difficult, especially the social and governance side. But once you start reaching out to people and talking to the community, it's amazing what resources are out there. And do you find that that people in general are interested in this? Is this something that people tend to like raise their hand and say, man, I'd like to learn more or be part of it? Or do you feel like you have to see people almost like change minds and, oh, no, you should think about it because of X, Y, and Z? You know what? It's so funny you say that. We had a meeting um, a while back here at Interwest, and we, me and one of my colleagues had really taken charge on this ESG um, mandate. And... We asked the whole team, all of our employees here, and we said, who who would like to kind of join some sort of, we call it a temporary task force. A task force, everyone kind of kind of joins hands and creates what will be kind of a, a direction for this. Every single person in the room raised their hand, and every single person jumped on board. It did feel good thing. You know, it feels good. A lot of us spend so much time, I mean, me included, trying to improve NOI, trying to improve you know, cash on cash return to our investors or, you know, improving our bottom line. But when finally we have an opportunity to have a good impact, it's really refreshing. And I would say people are extremely excited to jump on board. Yeah, man, we, we have a corporate social responsibility team. It's a small committee internally. And same thing, like anytime we throw out an opportunity to participate in a volunteer effort mm-hmm. or to do a fundraise or to even help a customer with something that's come up that's more in like the ESG realm. Um, I'm always blown away at how many people raise their hand, hit that little yes emoji on Slack, and it's pretty cool to see people care. And I think, you know, a benefit is certainly, uh, you know, on the recruiting front, I'd also say that there's a impact as it relates to employee retention because people find a bigger reason that they're part of this company other than the paycheck or the next promotion. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's, it's really an amazing opportunity for people to not only pursue what they're typically pursuing their job, but really to try to improve the impact they're having. It's awesome. So last like question I wanted to have like topically is, is around how to measure. Um, I think this is probably one of the most ambiguous spaces right now in the ESG realm, but I mean, it is important to have a plan because if you're going to invest dollars, you think about returns, like there is a component of saying, this is what we've done across these three spectrums. I think in multifamily, this is exceptionally hard, but Mm -hmm. what are you seeing in terms of trends or opportunities for folks that say, yes, we want to participate in this? How are they measuring or how can they think about measuring their impact? So I would say on the environmental side, it's probably the easiest to put together some kind of quantifiable metrics. Um, you can look at past utility bills versus current utility bills and see what your usage is. Um, now on the social and governance side, it's it's tough to us to apply metrics. We are going through the process right now of doing a internal self assessment for to achieve B Corp status, um, which I would say anyone who wants wants to take this journey, look into becoming a B Corp. It's a, uh, it's the self-assessment does take some time, but it assigns a numerical score to every action, whether that's internal promotions, diversity of um, uh, management. um, It's how much paid time off, 
employees are given, it really it assigns a score to each one of them. And ESG as a whole, it's it's not a score. You know, our, and having an ESG profile, it's not like getting lead certified where you get certain points for certain actions. There is no ESG, as you said, it's a little bit ambiguous and can be some type, I mean, it's very broad and there is no like scoring metric. So finding other tools such as lead certification is a great one. You know, if you're, we're building three buildings, all of them will be built uh, lead certified to some level. You can find smaller subcategories, if you will, or smaller sub goals that um, help kind of you, your internal scorekeeping, if you will. And B Corp is a great one if anyone chooses to go down that path. Totally. I, another thing we've seen work really well is, you know, committing to doing some sort of like an annual corporate social responsibility, uh, you know, report that goes out to your stakeholders, mm-hmm. employees and things like that. I think even making the commitment to talk about it is a great place to start because you make a commitment to say in FY 2022, we took significant steps across, you know, ES and G here's how, and if you want to be part of it going forward, whether it's through our investment vehicle working for us or whatever it might be, I think even a commitment to saying we're going to talk about it more becomes a compelling way to at least step towards measurement. Absolutely. And, you know, I should have brought that up earlier when you asked where do you start. Once you kind of analyze what you're doing, what you're not doing, I think making a statement, a written statement saying this is now what we're going to be doing going forward. I think it can start somewhat broad. And then as you start implementing, you narrow it down and it could be a working statement, something that changes. And then, like you said, doing some kind of annual report to follow up on that, maybe in the statement, you commit to doing an annual report. And now you're, you know, you're held accountable. Um, I think that's, I think getting stuff in writing is great to kind of be the precursor for action in many cases. Absolutely. Well, I'm curious as we kind of wind down, do you have any questions for me personally about the business as it relates to this whole category? Sure. Yeah. I know Rent Dynamics. I know that you guys are very active in the space. I would love to hear a little bit about how Rent Dynamics could be integrated into someone's ESG policy. Yeah. I mean, are are you familiar with SB 1157 out of California from last summer? Um, I Not off the top of my head. There's a couple SBs that came out yeah. back to back to back. So... Yeah, so Senate Bill 1157 came out last summer. Congress approved it for the state of California, and it effectively mandates that affordable communities that have some sort of government subsidy that they offer rent reporting to Mm. their residents. They can charge up to $10 per month, and it has to be optional. And it's a really kind of direct and line kind of offer for us. And so we spent a lot of time last year um, partnering with new customers or helping current customers get compliant within that G category for SB 1157. So that's definitely been a big one is government compliance, especially across the nation as more local housing authorities choose to commit to doing good for their residents and really kill the narrative of the big bad landlord. We're definitely seeing that for sure. Um, have you heard about like impact reporting? Is that, is that a, is that a kind of term or concept that comes across your, your plate at all? I want to make sure I I explain it if it's not. No, it is. I would love to, I would love for you to kind of, I would love to hear from you, but yes, impact reporting is something that we are now getting on board with. 
So we, we call impact reporting basically the measurement for the impact that Rent Plus made on a community or ideally like a portfolio over an entire calendar or fiscal year. And so we've spent a lot of time modernizing basically an approach where we can partner with our customers to say, hey, over the last you know 12 months, we've taken the average credit score up by 90 points, or we've taken 100% of our residents to the scorable category because so many multifamily residents have unscorable um, credit. Or maybe it's the number, hey, across the portfolio of 50,000 units, we grew credit scores by over 150,000 points in the last year. And that feeds into the marketing engine. It's an, it's an amenity. And of course, investors really like that data as well. Yeah. And again, we were talking about how, how do you measure the impact. Finding vendors or other companies that can kind of roll up to you, I think is a great way if you don't have the ability. Like you guys, I'm sure you measure it for your clients, right? We for definitely your- do. And it's it's also now part of our internal CSI and and ESG narrative because now, you know, even though a big part of what we do for customers is in that S category, mm-hmm. we now have this bigger narrative that we can say, you know, the millions of points that have been increased or the millions of residents that said yes to Rent Plus, which now becomes part of our broader story to the market, let alone the value we create to our individual customers. No, that's awesome. And I think that's a great, great place to start for a lot of people is find people like you who kind of do the measuring for you. And then, you know, you can measure the impact we're having and we can roll that into our impact reporting. Exactly. And I'd say the last thing is that typically the way we roll out our Rent Plus product is it's a um, it's an automatic enrollment for residents and it's resident funded. So the residents pay and we actually share back a third of the revenue to the property to make it a win-win, win for the resident resident, and a win for the property. But we're having some customers that say, no, we just want to do good. We don't need that revenue. We want to pay for it for our residents. So let's roll out 100% of our residents wow. in the program, give them all of these amazing benefits, and we'll build it into our FY23 budgets. And telling that story is also super cool for them, but also for us, of course. Yeah, it's amazing seeing people make those kind of decisions and steering in that direction. It's unfathomable to think about that 25 years ago. Right. And now, and now it's become somewhat of a norm. That's terrific. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, Hey man, well, for anyone listening, uh, a couple reasons they might want to talk to you would be the ESG conversation. I love seeing conversations happen as an outcome of the podcast or some of the cool stuff you shared about with Interwest Capital. What's a good way for someone to get in touch with Peter uh, should they want to connect with you after the show today? Sure. If anyone wants to talk to me about ESG, multifamily in general, or if you're looking for investment opportunities, you can reach me at peter at interwestcapital.com. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thank you a ton for joining and thanks for helping break this down. I think it's going to be a fun conversation. I bet we'll get some pretty good reach for both of us. Awesome, Mike. Thank you so much for having me.